Well, good evening. It's a pleasure to be back with you again this evening and to have the opportunity to gather in and to worship the Lord as we uh, have been doing these last number of days. As was already mentioned, my family was planning to be with us tonight, and uh, for some reason the Lord seemed fit to have other plans for our family, and so um, short of a miracle, they probably won't be here uh, throughout the weekend. So um, just kind of an update on, on how things are looking there. But as we think about that, God is so good. God is so wonderful. He looks down upon us and, you know, sometimes we think we know what is good for us. You know, actually, I think most of the times we think we know what's good for us. Right? We just, we kind of, you know, have that idea. You know, but the scripture tells us that we need to submit our, our, our plans before the Lord and say, Lord, what is your will? What is your plan uh, for, for our lives? In Psalm 40, I was encouraged with some verses today out of the Psalms. I don't know, sometimes I get in a habit of just turning to the Psalms in the morning. I just, I don't know, something about David and his, his expression of praise and adoration to the Lord just lifts our spirits. Psalm 40 and verses 1 through 5 is just a, one of the favorite, one of my favorite passages. And um, this is uh, the a Psalm of David. And just the first five verses, he said, I waited patiently for the Lord, and he inclined unto me and heard my cry. He brought me up also out of an horrible pit, out of the miry clay, and set my feet upon a rock and established my goings. And he hath put a new song in my mouth, even praise unto our God. Many shall see it and fear and shall trust in the Lord. Blessed is that man that maketh the Lord his trust and respecteth not the proud nor such as turn aside to lies. Many, O Lord my God, are thy wonderful works which thou hast done. And thy thoughts which are to us word, they cannot be reckoned up in order unto thee. If, it, if I would declare and speak of them, they are more than can be numbered. You know, the psalmist uh, here speaks of God's personal involvement in our lives. Do you marvel at that tonight? There are seven billion people, is it, am I close to correct, somewhere in that neighborhood, of people in this world. And God is personally involved in your life, in my life, everyone around the world. I don't know, something about that just thrills me. It's just a, a blessing to think about that. The psalmist said in verse 1, he heard my cry. And he lifted me up out of this horrible situation that the psalmist found himself in. Out of that pit and established his feet. He gave a new song in verse 3. And then in verse 5, his thoughts to usward. His thoughts about us. His thoughts that come towards us. We can't even measure them. They just, they come and they come and they come. God is so good. You know, and as I, as I think about that, you know, we serve such a wonderful God, and he's just, he's just so good to us, and, uh, and we praise him for that. You know, as I have gone through this week, I've been looking towards the back there, and I've seen quite a number of young people, or a few young people that are here, and I knew tonight you were going to give me some questions, and so I thought, you know, maybe tonight would be a good night to uh, have a little bit of a message that's focused on the youth, and I thought about getting you all to move up front here, but I decided I'm not going to mess with the seating program at somebody else's church, and so I just let you back there, but, you know, I was thinking about young people, and, and, um, and you know, many of us, 
Well, let me ask this. How many of us are young here tonight? There's a lot of young people up here. Okay? <laughs> um, maybe we should ask for the old people. Uh, Carl, okay. <laughs> Carl and, uh, okay. So, you know, many of us are, are also relate uh, very much to some of those things that, that we um, maybe struggle with in, in, in our lives. But, you know, as I think about, um, as I think about you know, young people, I, I love young people. So much energy, so many uh, things that lie before them. Uh, before you tonight, and, and, uh, and many of us are feeling that same thing in our lives, even though we look quite a bit older. You know, um, that's the topic that I, that I chose to preach on tonight, I titled the message, Following the Will of God. You know, wouldn't, wouldn't it be nice if God just put a sign somewhere and said, this is my will? On Thursday, yeah, Thursday night, I was coming back from home, and I came down through Scranton, and I had in my GPS, you know, the time to get here. And I don't know. I knew how to get here. I was just kind of paying attention to what, you know, might take place. And, and all of a sudden, I seen plus 5 minutes, plus 10 minutes, plus 15 minutes, plus 20 minutes, okay? And I'm thinking, oh, no, it's good. I, I planned about an extra half hour in just in case. And, um, and it said on my GPS that there's an accident ahead. I said, oh, well, this is, this will, you know, it'll, it'll take all my time to get to, uh, to, to church tonight, and that's okay. So we got into a traffic jam, and I'm just poking along, you know. And I got to this spot, and it says, um, it, there was this big sign, and it, said, it was one of those they can change up, and it said, um, accident ahead, everyone merged to the right lane. So everybody was just, and we're kind of on a rise, and so everybody is just nicely moving over into the right lane. And we crossed the rise and it's wide open roads. And I thought, wow. I wonder if there was an accident, okay? <laughs> or if there was just a sign that said there was an accident. Okay, I, I began to really question what, what was actually taking place. You know, sometimes we just wish for a sign that says, you know what, this is the way you go. And sometimes even though we see signs, we don't always understand what they're there for, okay? Um, but God is good to us and he speaks to us tonight uh, from his word. Tonight as a... Uh, as I think about, you know, being a young person and, and um, some of the things that I faced as a young person, you know, one of the things that I think was my greatest struggle and I think is often the greatest struggle for young people today, young people today inside of the church and young people today outside of the church, okay? I'm talking young people in general um, because there's a lot of similarities uh, between those two, two groups. And this was this thing of acceptance. Um, I, you know, I got caught as a young person in doing a lot of things that I probably eh, wasn't totally comfortable doing for one reason, and that was acceptance. And, um, and you know, as I, as I look back across my life, you know, some of the things that I got caught up in to find acceptance were, were not right. They were sin. They were wrong. I think it was at 14 years of age. There was a magazine that was found along the road that was pornography. And somebody shared that with me. And out of that created a struggle in my life for purity. I praise God sometime later. I think it was about a half a year later. I gave my heart to the Lord. And I'm thankful tonight that that material was not readily available to me in my day in, that, in the setting that, that I was in. And, um, and, you know, but as I entered the youth group 
And as I, as I got a little bit older, this thing of, of struggling for acceptance was, was something that, that was just a part of who I was. Um, and I can't say that I don't think I was a social misfit. Okay, maybe I was and just didn't know it. I'm not sure how you decide those things. But, but you know, there was, there was um, that, you know, there was that, that thing of, of just desiring to be accepted uh, with, with my peers. Um, and as I gave my heart to the Lord, uh, back up a little bit, there was a true desire in my heart to serve the Lord. But as I entered peer pressure and I got into the youth group, my friends were involved in some things that were not, were not upbuilding. Okay? We rented VCRs. We watched movies. And it went, from, it went from, you know, watching deer hunting movies to watching things that were immoral and unfit for young men to see. And, um, and, and in my quest for acceptance, in my heart, I knew it was wrong. Okay? I knew what I was doing was sin. But in my quest for acceptance, I went along with this. And, um, and indulged myself in the garbage and the filth and the, and the disgusting things that this world has to offer us. And, um, and you know, I, was, I felt that pressure to simply fit in to find acceptance in, in, you know, with, with my peers. And, um, and it created a real struggle in my heart. Because I knew that I wanted to fit in with my peers, but I also knew that, that God had a calling on my life and, and he, was, he, was, he wasn't done with me. Okay? And he continued to, um, you know, to, to call me. And the struggle was real. You know, When I was with my friends, it was easy to, to do the things they did. On Sunday morning, I got up front and I led, Sunday, or I led singing and I taught Sunday school. And I would do all the things that, that good Mennonite boys do. Okay? Um, and, um, and, you know, then in my moments that I was alone, my heart cried out to God for fulfillment. God, there got to be something more. And, um, and I wanted to find my way in walking with the Lord. One day I was driving my car. It was a Friday evening. I could, I could take you tonight to the spot. You know, there's those spots in our lives that, that we can go to sometimes. I could take you to the spot, and I was, I was feeling in a lighthearted mood, and I was scanning the radio stations. I loved music, okay? And I had a love for a lot of different kinds of music. And so I was scanning through the radio stations, and, you know, it was going from, from uh, a Christian station to a contemporary Christian station to a country station to a rock station and back. You know, you know how it does. And I was sitting there, and I was, I was, I was listening as, as the radio was scanning through the stations, and they came to a Christian contemporary station, and, and they were playing a song. And I don't even know what song it was. I, I, not a song I recognized. And it scanned a few more places, about two. It might only have been one, one dial move. And, and it was on a rock station. And they were playing the same song. And I said, wait a minute. I stopped it, and I, re, and I went back and forth. Same song, about two words different. And I was disgusted. I said, how is it that they can put a Christian song on a rock station or a rock song on a Christian station and call it a Christian song? And I was disgusted. And I said, this is, this is crazy. And I, and I railed on the Christian contemporary station in my mind for a moment. It was with disgust. I said, this is, this is uncalled for. And it was like a thunderbolt from heaven. And God said to me, what about you? Okay. What about you? And... Um, I, I distinctly heard that message, and I said, whoa, 
okay? And God started a work in my life from that time. And I think it moved forward from there. Went forward several weeks. Some of my friends in that day, things weren't as convenient. We had to go rent a VCR and we had to go rent VCR tapes. Okay, now I'm revealing my age a little bit, okay? And we, and we had to, you know, and anyway, we're, we were together and there was a group of fellows that got together and, and one of them had a VCR and out came the VCR tapes and so on. And the conviction of God came upon my heart. I said, I gotta leave. And they brought out the VCR and I said, well, fellows, I'm, I'm headed out. And they said, where are you going? You want to talk about cutting to the heart of acceptance. I had nowhere to go. I had nothing to do. It was a, it was a Saturday or Friday evening, Saturday evening, something at, you know, 9 o'clock. I had nothing to do. And I said, you know what, fellas, I, I got to go. And I left. And I don't say that to, to exalt myself, but God was starting to work and stir within my heart in real ways. And I began to break some of those things of acceptance that controlled me. Some years later, there was a young man, a friend of mine, came to me. And he said, Dean, I, do, Dean do you remember a night? And he, he knew the place. And, and I said, yeah, I remember. I mean, how could you forget? I said, yeah, I remember. And he said, you know, he said, there was something about what you did that night that, that really spoke to me and started me on a journey. Young people, it breaks my heart to see people striving for acceptance. And to everyone here tonight, it don't stop when we consider ourselves leaving young people. Okay? In fact, I look across our middle-aged people, I look across our older people, and I wonder sometimes if we have ever broken this thing of hankering for acceptance. And... Um, you know, there's kind of two realms here. Hankering for acceptance with our peers or following the will of God. They kind of, you know, at times they can be the same. And praise God if they are. If you have a peer group that is, that is on fire for the Lord, praise God. Okay? But it's not always that way. And, um, and at times we find those things on opposite ends of the, of the spectrum. You know, so often as a young person, I ask myself, well, what will, and you put the name in there, what will so-and-so think? What will my friend think? What will my, what will my, you know, that was what was controlling my life. And, um, and you know, as I think about that, there is something in, in that idea that, that I think touches every one of us, and we want to take a look tonight at... Um, uh, some very familiar verses. You can turn with me to Romans chapter 12. And we really want to focus tonight on what is the will of God? I already said sometimes it would be nice if God just put a sign out there and said, this is, this is my will. Well, I'm going to jump ahead a little bit, dear ones, and this is God's sign to us, okay? Right here in our hands is the sign that God wants to show us his word, and he uh, brings clear direction through his word. Um, in Romans chapter 12, I want to read the first three verses. Again, I, very familiar verses that we want to take a look at. Romans chapter 12 and verse 1. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, or I beg you, brethren. Okay? That's the, that's, the kind of, that's the word beseech. I beg of you, brethren, by the mercies of God, that ye present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, 
acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And I want you to catch this, that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. I was just talking about acceptance, right? And here, the writer of the scriptures is saying, I want you to, I want you to uh, know what it, uh, prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. For I say through the grace given unto me, to every man that is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly, according as God has dealt to every man the measure of faith. Tonight, the first thing we want to look at is proving the acceptable will of God. You know, I don't have to tell you tonight that every one of us, God has, God has something that he desires for us, okay? He has something that he desires for us as we, as we go through life. Um, and there's something that God wants to accomplish with every life that is on this earth. You know, as young people, as I think about the, the time of life that you're in, there's a time of tremendous decision. It's a time that, um, that we that we really that you are going to really be discerning what is it that God wants for my life? What is it that that will make me who I am and so on? And you know, I think often as young people there is a desire to know details, right? I think I know when I was a young person, I wanted to know what details, God. What what is it that, you know, what car should I drive? What girl should I marry? What, you know, and we want all the details. And um I think that's probably human nature. We don't like to uh, follow blindly, but that's not uh, maybe uh, what God, how God reveals himself to us um, in, in, in life. You know, I believe sometimes we struggle with acceptance versus the will of God because we say, God, if I put my lot with you, where are you going to take me? What's, what's just around the bend? What is, what is just ahead of me if I really just put myself into your camp? Okay, um, and I, and I think all of us, young and old tonight, find ourselves in that in that uh, thinking at times. You know, we find acceptance from our peer group to be a comfortable place to be, right? We know what is expected. We know probably good chance what might be happening because we've, it's our peer group, right? And and we're comfortable there. Um, and. And so we, we struggle to, to uh, you know, really say, God, you know, what if I throw my lot in with you? What, what, what do you have in store for me? I want to tell you young people tonight that God reveals himself to you one step at a time. That's the way God reveals himself to you. God does not reveal the next step of our journey in life until we take the step he's already given us. And I'm pretty convinced about that as I look back across my life, that God wants us in faith to take that step that he shows us. And then the next step that he shows us, and he guides us into into his will in that way. You know, young people, and many of us, you want a life of adventure? You know, sometimes young people, we say, well, Life is boring, right? Life is kind of mundane. I'm going to tell you, young people, if you want a life that is adventurous and you want a life that is fulfilling, put your lot with the Lord. Because I look back across my life and I say, Lord, how did you get me from here to there? And how did I end up 
as we follow the will of the Lord, it is a, a, a life of fulfillment. Not always a life of ease, but a life of fulfillment and, and definitely a life that is in some ways adventurous. You know, there is, um, you, you, well, let me say it this way. You want the most boring life in the world? Simply find acceptance with your peers and stay there. You will find the most drab life, I'm convinced, I'm, especially, if, especially if your peers aren't following the Lord, okay? I'm, I'm, I'm using that as, as kind of the, the opposite spectrum. You know, you know the predictable, okay? You, you know, I, as I was a young fellow and I, was, and I was seeking for acceptance with my peers, I could pretty much predict what the weekend looked like, okay? I could, and, and it, was, it was a routine. Young people... If you want a life that is finding fulfillment, if you want a life that is, that is, that is um, exciting, okay, follow the Lord. God reveals his will to us tonight. No, not always in the specifics, but sometimes it's in the general, okay? Maybe he don't tell us exactly, you know, tonight, exactly what is ahead of us in life, but God does show us through his word things about that he would like us to that he would like us to follow. I would like to say in Romans chapter twelve through fourteen, the 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 uh, scripture is laying out for us a life that is following the will of the Lord. Okay, you look down through you look down through all of chapter twelve, all of chapter thirteen, and all of chapter fourteen, and you think about it as as being a a roadmap. For following and for knowing the will of the Lord, and and you'll find lots of interesting things as you look at that. Um, and so, sometime when you have a chance, read those chapters with with that phrase in mind uh, to know what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of the Lord. The first thing that we see here, if we want to know the will of the Lord, if we want to be be one of those that that is following His ways. We already looked at this a little bit on Tuesday evening, but the idea of not being conformed, but being transformed. You know, as children, we all like to play with the Play-Doh, right? It was something that was fun to do. And we would take, we would, I don't know if you all had these things, but we'd have these little stencils and things that, you know, we would press down in the Play-Doh and we would make shapes and and. And we decided, you know, when we sat there uh, as a child and we spread that Play-Doh out in the, out in the table in front of us, and then we'd go over here and we would, we would look at the, the stencils, the shapes that were there, and we'd say, well, I think I want to make a carrot, and we would make a carrot. The mold was there, okay? And when we chose the stencil, it created an image that looked like that stencil. You know... Maybe we don't think, uh, think about life quite like that tonight. But did you know that where you look for acceptance is like picking out a stencil? It's like picking out a mold in which you will be formed. This is the idea of being conformed, is the idea of being pressed into a mold. And I want to tell you, dear ones, tonight that the world around us is interested in pressing us into their mold. Our peer groups at times are interested in pressing us into their mold. You know, I enjoy observing groups of people. You know, you, you sit somewhere and you watch people go by. And you know, you might have a group of people that, that have a, a gothic style to them, right? They're dressed in black and, and they're identified by what they look like, right? 
And I will guarantee you that every person that has come into that group has in some way assimilated to the mold that makes up that group. You might have somebody come by that's, you know, pretty spiffy, you know, maybe business people. They have conformed themselves to a mold. You know, young people tonight, middle-aged people tonight, older people tonight, the people that we seek acceptance from will mold us. I'm convinced of that. They will mold us. Could it be, and I'm, this is dangerous territory, but I guess, I guess you can challenge me on it later uh, if, if you don't think it's right. But I'm afraid that sometimes people in our churches simply conform to a standard to find acceptance. Okay? Dear ones tonight, that is not the answer. The answer is in a transformation of life. A new heart. A new life. That process of metamorphosis. You know, when people find, uh, simply conform to a standard to find acceptance... You know, I'm thinking now about the a church standard. We struggle with the church standard. We chafe at the church standard. We try and move the church standard because it's the minimum requirement for acceptance. Okay? But dear ones, when we have been transformed by the power of Jesus Christ, we no longer focus on what is the minimum requirement for acceptance. But I would like to say tonight it's like a target. And Jesus Christ is at the center of that target and when we are people that have been transformed by the power of God, our eyes are fixed on Jesus. And that is the transformation that God is talking about here. Not being conformed to a mold, but being transformed by the renewing of, their, of our minds. I am not saying tonight that church standards are, are, are wrong. In fact, I love our church standard. But it is an agreement of who we are, not a minimum standard of conforming. Young people, God wants you to live a transformed life. What does a transformed life look like? Romans chapter 8 and verse 29 says this, For whom he did foreknow, he also did predestinate to be conformed. Here's our word. But this is in the positive sense, to be conformed into the image of his dear son. Young people tonight, sometimes we look around us and we are looking to find acceptance with those that are around us. And we conform ourselves to the standard that is the standard, if you will, that is set by being a part of that group. God's desire for us tonight is to be conformed or pressed into the image of his son, Jesus Christ. We praise God tonight. That because he has provided a way of salvation, he has provided a way for us to be transformed. And so therefore we can be conformed into the image of his dear son. We need to allow Jesus to mold us in his image. And when we allow Jesus to mold us into his image, we will be well on our, our way to finding his will for our lives. So what else does he tell us here in, this, in these three verses? How do we become conformed? 
patterned in the image of Jesus Christ. He tells us here that our bodies need to be living sacrifices. People put a lot of thought and time into these earthly bodies. Did you ever think about that? A lot of time, a lot of effort. I live across the road from, from a, um, well, it's a weightlifting club, I guess is what you would call it. It's a place where men go to train their bodies in, in order to be more physically fit. It's just a farm building that they have kind of uh, made into a, into a gym. And their hours and hours of time are spent in that building conforming themselves and, 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 and putting themselves into shape in their earthly bodies. There's a tremendous amount of effort and time. You know, and we are influenced, dear ones, by the thought patterns of the world around us as it comes to this thing of, of, of our bodies and who we are and so on. You know, young men, sometimes we strive to be strong and handsome and, you know, just have youthful manhood. Okay, that's just, that's just kind of the, the image that's elevated. Young ladies... There's an elevation in our society of being beautiful and to be alluring and to be a confident woman. And I want to tell you tonight that that's all wrong. Okay? If we are going to be serious about Jesus Christ, our bodies are an open book of the values of our hearts. No, there's no premium on sloppiness. Let me just throw that out there. But young people... Each one of us tonight. In 1 Corinthians chapter 3 and verse 16 it says, Know ye not that ye are the temple of God, and that the Spirit of God dwelleth in you? We have been given earthly bodies to house the soul that is the temple of Jesus Christ. If your body is housing the soul that is the temple of Jesus Christ, our bodies, if we are followers of Jesus Christ, and that's, that's, that's kind of the, I'm, I'm thinking in those terms, our, we're, we know Jesus. Our bodies need to represent what's inside. Our bodies need to be representative of, the, of, of what is taking place in the transformation of the heart. And it will be reflected in how I care for it and adorn my body. The places I go, the habits I have. I will say tonight there is no place in the temple of God for things like alcohol and tobacco and pornography. And the list goes on and on. Things that defile the temple are off limits to those that are transformed and those that are seeking the will of God. These things will defile and destroy and take control of the body. Separation and nonconformity from the world are absolute necessities. If we are a true living sacrifice for Jesus Christ, the question of our bodies should be, how can I bring glory to God? That's, that's the focus. That's, the, that, that's what God wants from our temples I'm going to tell you tonight, that's part of God's will for you, okay? That's part of God's will for you, to be that temple of Jesus Christ. He also tells us here that we need to be holy. We also know that this is God's will. He tells us so. 
To be physically pure, to be morally blameless, blameless is the definition of holiness. Now that's a high standard, okay? That is a high standard for each one of us to, to, um, to take on. The world that we live in today is saturated with impurity. I trust we all agree on that tonight. Our world is saturated with impurities. It vexes the soul on every side in, in our as we travel down the roadways, there, there's, a, there's a, a home that's, that's in our local community that I go by so often. And you know, if I know it's a hot summer day, I'll often go the other way because of what is there to vex my soul. Brothers and sisters, we are in desperate need of purity today. When the world sees purity in our lives, in the life, especially in the life of you as young people, they will sit up and pay attention. You know, there's two ideas about purity. You know, purity is the freedom from impurity. Okay? Um, I enjoy, I, I'm, I'm learning, okay? I'm learning about, um, about mushroom hunting. Um, a neighbor of mine has invited me along numerous times uh, to go with him to hunt mushrooms. I've only made it with him one time. But you know, there are pure mushrooms, okay? Um, pure mushrooms, okay? We're going to put that in, in, in quotation. There are mushrooms out there that you can go and you can eat, okay? And when you eat them, they're delicious. They, are, they, they give you strength. They, they, they're good for you. I, I think so anyway. I like them. And... Um, and and you know, you can eat a bushel basket full of them, and I think you'll be okay. You might be a little sick, but you'll be okay. <laughs> but you know, then there's some other mushrooms that, that are out there that, you know, they just have a little impurity to them, okay? And if you get one of those mushrooms, and you happen to mix it in with the other mushrooms, and you're going to be wishing you hadn't ate mushrooms, okay? You're going to be ill. You're going to be physically just, you know, not quite with it. But there's other mushrooms out there that one bite, okay, and you're gone, okay, in time. They're extremely toxic. You know, let's take that into the spiritual for just a moment. We live in a world that has a whole range of impurities, right? We have, we, you know, we have this whole range of impurities, and, you know, I'm afraid that sometimes... As followers of Jesus Christ, we think it's okay to nibble around at the ones that they'll just make you a little sick, okay? They look nice. They might have a red top on them. They, might, they, they look appealing, okay? And we nibble around at it. And we say, you know what? It's okay because it didn't kill me. How would you feel about that if you were out mushroom hunting? You know, I'll put this in, in, the, in the basket. I think I'll be okay. It won't kill me. Oh, we won't go to that one that would kill us. Right? We wouldn't go into the depths of sin, into, into fornication and adultery and whatever else. But we would nibble around at the edges of those things that might cause spiritual sickness. Okay? Dear ones, tonight, God's standard of purity is extremely high. Extremely high. Impurity begins where purity stops. Think about that. Impurity begins where purity stops. 
I'm afraid today there are many Christians on a steady diet of mushrooms that are so-so. Okay? No, they didn't kill them, but they're definitely not for their best interest. You know, and then we can't find peace. And then we can't have joy. And then we struggle with life and we chafe at the, at the things that, that are around us. You know, so often in our lives, and I can identify this, we enjoy the impurities, but we want the blessings of God. Young people, I plead with you tonight. To all of us, I plead with us tonight. There is no measure too extreme to preserve your purity. There is no measure too extreme to preserve your purity. I don't have my phone on me tonight. The scripture tells us that if our right hand offends us, take it off, right? How much more if our phone is offending us to take it out and take the hammer to it, get rid of it. There is nothing too extreme to preserve purity. The other idea about purity is that purity is being completely one substance. I have water up here. I used, I used this glass of water the other night too. I have water up here and I trust tonight that this is pure water. At least in, in, it's, not, it's not in any way poisoned. It's pure water. It's all of one substance. And God wants us to be completely one substance. Completely one substance being that substance that is completely and fully committed to Jesus Christ. You know, if, if I had this glass of water and I, and I took a, a, a drop of the most poisonous poison and I just put one drop in there and, it was, and I said, here, I have, a, I have a cup of water for you. Just one thing. There's just one drop of impurity. God's standard for purity is, is high. A singleness of heart. A singleness of, of devotion to Jesus Christ. Young people tonight, purity is the will of God. He also tells us here in verse 2, is that we should have a renewing of the mind. Young people, middle-aged people, old people tonight, the mind is the battleground of the soul. God will have us to be people that have minds that think rightly. You know, Satan approached Adam and Eve through their senses, our senses are the external gate of the mind, and Satan uses our senses to try and captivate our soul. Did you ever stop and think about that? He takes the physical senses of, of taste and touch and sight and feel and, and, and so on, and he tries to use those physical things to captivate our soul. Our senses are attached to our minds, and I would like to say tonight that this needs to be the battleground. For purity, it needs to be the battleground as we find the will of God. We need to be vigilant. God's will is that we have a renewed mind, a mind that thinks about godly things when we are bombarded by what is impure and what is evil. 
We need to put every thought of the mind to the test. A loose, uncontrolled mind is a cesspool of sin. God wants our minds to be Holy Spirit controlled. Philippians chapter 4 and verse 8 says this. It says, finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on these things. God has a keen interest today in how we use our minds. This test that God gave us for the mind is a tremendously high standard. But young people, it is the will of God for you to take every thought into captivity to the Spirit of God. Every thought, does it line up rightly with what God says? Does it line up in purity? Does it line up in truth? Does it line up in holiness and so on? Is this what God wants? In my mind. Another thing that we see here that God desires for his people and is God's will for his people is humility. This is a condition of the spirit that is within mankind. We often feel self-sufficient, able to care for our own selves. You know, personal elevation and pride is one of the greatest downfalls of moving forward in the will of God. There is not one thing tonight, dear ones, that we have that we did not receive. Never forget that. According as God has dealt to every man, it says here in in, um, in verse 3. According as God has dealt to every man, God gives us what he sees fit. In humility, we are able to see that God has given us everything that he has for his glory and for his honor. Whether it's our strength, whether it's our beauty, whether it's our financial ability, whatever it is, God has given it to us so that we can honor him. If we want to follow the will of God, we need to be people that are humble. Following the will of God is to be conformed to his image, and that is our reasonable service. The last thing that I want to look at here tonight is the idea of being approved by God. You know, we started out by talking about looking for acceptance and the desire for acceptance. And we, and we, and we strive for acceptance. Whose acceptance are we really looking for? Where is it that we can find acceptance that brings us the joy and the peace that God would have for us. Look in Romans chapter 12 and verse 14. I'm sorry, I must have um, wrote the wrong verse down. But he wants to mold us into the image of Jesus Christ uh, is what I have written down. Go down into Romans chapter 14 and verse 7. I'm sorry, I found it now. Chapter 13 and verse 14. There we go. Uh, It says, But put ye on the Lord Jesus Christ, and make not provisions for the flesh to fulfill the lust thereof. If we are people that are looking to find acceptance with God, we need to be people that put on the Lord Jesus Christ. 
We need to be people that don't make provisions for the flesh. And we can find acceptance with God. Go into uh, chapter 14 and verses uh, 16, uh, 17 and 18. Again, he says, For the kingdom of God is not meat and drink, but catch this, but righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. For he that is in these things serveth, serveth Christ is acceptable to God and approved of men. Young people, middle-aged people, older people tonight. God is looking for people that want his acceptance. That want his stamp of approval on their lives. Being molded in the characters of righteousness and peace and joy allows the spirit of God to be alive within us. And the result of that is that it brings the acceptance of God upon our lives. Tonight, true fulfillment is found in a life of surrender to the will of God. And when we follow his will, he will show us the next step. And the next step. And the next step. Tonight, do you find yourself seeking and searching for acceptance? I think in the core of every human heart, there is that that, that desire for acceptance. I ask us tonight, where are we looking for acceptance? Are uh, Are we looking to the things of this world that don't fulfill and don't satisfy Where young people, are you looking to be accepted by Jesus Christ? To have his stamp of approval on your life. Let's bow our heads for a word of prayer. Father, as we come into your presence tonight. Father, we lift our hands to you. And Father, we just pray that you would look upon us. Father, that you would look into the recesses of our hearts. And Father, I pray tonight that if there is anyone here that is looking to the things of this world, the impurities, the, the, the self-centeredness of this world for acceptance. Oh, Father, may you speak to their hearts tonight. Father, I pray that we would be a people that look to you because you're the one that can fulfill. You're the one that can give us what we need in joy and peace and hope. We ask this in the name of Jesus. Amen.